0: You're listening to a message from the Winsboro Church of Christ. This is the Winsboro.church podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can get in touch with us at any time through our website at winsboro.church. Good morning, church family. Oh, that's the best way I know to express it. It's, oh, here we are again. Uh, We are facing unusual times. We are in unusual circumstances having to make unusual decisions. And I know it's not what anyone wanted, to have to suspend our in-person worship gatherings, but I'm grateful for the elders of this congregation that they made the best decision that they could to help keep everyone safe, to uh, stop any more spreading of the virus, and it might not be ideal that's life life isn't ideal it's okay we continue on our course in whatever way we can and that's the book of daniel faithful wise and out of place looking at the book of daniel we see an example of daniel and his three friends of men who though living in a completely strange foreign Society, having their world turned upside down when they were carried off into captivity. And some of this sounds eerily too familiar. Our world has been turned upside down, held captive by a little bitty virus of a bug. But you know what doesn't change? How we serve God. You know what doesn't change? How we remain faithful. Maybe in different ways, but faithful nonetheless. And wise, following God's example, following Jesus' example, and living not for the present world, but living for the world to come, living for the kingdom of Jesus to come. And I'm so grateful that we can worship this morning together, even if we are in our own homes, but God has not changed. Our circumstances change. Daniel knew this. His circumstances changed, but the God he served, the God he followed, the God he worshiped, he does not change. And as such, our responsibility as followers of God does not change. The task at hand will differ from day to day, moment to moment, month to month, year to year, but our calling to be faithful to God to love God, love each other, that doesn't change. And so this week, because we are separated, because we are, again, restricted to being able to just worship from our home, I want to challenge you. Think of three people today. As we continue our worship, just mull over your mind or ask God's Spirit to lead you to three people in the church, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Give them a call Today see how they're doing check on them encourage them just have a conversation if it's just about the weather or the crazy world around us that's fine If it's about spiritual things about things weighing on our hearts things that we struggle with that's that's even better but whatever the conversation leads into just let's be there for each other we can't be in person this morning so let's be there for each other in all ways we can. So pick up the phone. We all have one. Call somebody. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're thinking about them. Tell them that you hope that they have a good week. And that lifts my spirits. I know it lifts everyone else's. No one likes being out of place. Daniel didn't like being exiled to Babylon. We don't like the craziness of this world unfolding around us. We don't like it, but it happens. Sometimes we're out of place because we're swimming upstream. We talked about this last week, that if we follow God and the rest of the world doesn't follow God, and not that we're the only ones, not by any means, but if the go-to default position of this fallen world is self-destruction, We don't go that way. We go the other way. We go towards life. We go towards life abundant in Christ. And so sometimes we are out of place because of what is internal, because of what we are doing. Sometimes we're out of place though because of what is external acting upon us. As Daniel was exiled in the land of Babylon, as this virus wreaks havoc upon this world, those are things beyond our control but whether it isn't whether we're out a place because of who we are whether our place because of where we're at doesn't change we're faithful and we're wise being faithful and being wise is difficult whenever we feel like we are being bombarded but there are threats to us and Daniel is such a great example. Somebody who had threats to so many aspects of his life, his mind, his culture, his faith, but continued the course. One thing he was threatened with was a threat to his very well-being. We're in Daniel chapter 2 this morning. Verse 3, the king of Babylon summons his wise men and says, I have had a dream, and I am as anxious to understand the dream. The wise men replied to the king, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will disclose its interpretation. We'll do our job. You tell us the dream, we'll tell you what it means. That's what wise men and diviners and conjurers all across the ancient world did. So the king summons the people to interpret the dream, says, I have a dream. They say, all right, this is good. We're in our element. This is right. We're in our place. Tell us the dream king throws him a mighty big curveball. The king replied to the wise men, my decision is firm. If you do not inform me of both the dream and its interpretation, you will be dismembered and your homes reduced to rubble. The king has been around his wise men before. And I don't know if bad day, bad month, bad year. We can sympathize, but the king He's tired of just empty words and platitudes from his wise men. He's tired of them pretending like they're speaking on behalf of God and the divine nature of things and tapping into something that he can't tap into when he doesn't know for sure. So he's like, all right, here's, let's ratchet it up. Let's up the stakes and let's up the expectation. He says, you don't. Just tell me the interpretation of my dream. You have to tell me my dream as well. That was not what the wise men were expecting that day. That was not what they were wanting to hear when they walked into the king's court. They were walking in confident, all right, here we are, and it's a good day, and we're going to do our job, and the king's going to be pleased, and they get there, and the king says, I don't just want the interpretation. You have to tell me what I dreamed. That way I know you're telling the truth and that you have some special connection to the divine that I don't have. Pretty much prove that you are connected to the spiritual realm you claim to be. Don't just give me an interpretation. Anybody can do that. Tell me what I dreamed. Verse 10, the wise men replied to the king, there is no man on earth who is able to disclose the king's secret for no king regardless of his position and power has ever requested such a thing from any magician astrologer or wise man what the king is asking is too difficult and no one exists who can disclose it to the king except for the gods but they don't live among mortals king you're asking something only a god can do we're not gods but the king is unmoving he says all right then I'll give the order to the executioners. They'll start rounding you up and have you killed. And among them is going to be Daniel and his three friends. So the king has threatened their very well-being. Their lives are on the line. Uh, Their heads are on the chopping block. This could be the end for them simply because of an outrageous request or demand from a king who happens to be in a bad mood. Something outside of their control is threatening their well-being. I think we can sympathize. I think we can see that many things outside of our control can threaten our well-being. How do we respond? Well, Daniel was faithful and wise. He continued on his course. He did what he could and he relied on God. Another threat is to the status quo. Magicians, diviners, wise men in the king's court They had a certain job and certain expectations and the king was threatening their status quo. He's threatening the normal way of doing things. The normal way of doing things is the king tells you the dream, you give the interpretation. This king has turned that upside down, has thrown that out the window and said, oh I demand more. An unrealistic demand but still demanding more. Changing what normally happens and we can see that as a pretty big threat. Sometimes the threats we may be ranked to the strongest are not necessarily threats to our well-being but just threats to my day-to-day life. That's what I don't want upended. That's what I don't want changed or hurtled off a cliff or to suddenly have to relearn everything again when I was used to having it this way. THAT IS A HARD TRANSITION. BUT GUESS WHAT? WE'RE NOT THE FIRST ONES TO FACE IT. AND DANIEL WASN'T EVEN THE FIRST ONE TO FACE IT. SOMETIMES LIFE JUST GETS PULLED UP BY ITS ROOTS, TURNED UPSIDE DOWN, SHAKEN OUT, REPLANTED IN A DIFFERENT PLACE, IN A DIFFERENT ENVIRONMENT, IN A DIFFERENT SITUATION. And the status quo, what we have come to expect, it is suddenly disappeared beneath our feet. Now, not all status quos should continue unchecked. Sometimes the status quo needs to be amended. That doesn't mean we like it. That doesn't mean we want it. But maybe we can learn something new in going through it and I hope that that's the situation we face now. As again, we've had to close our doors for a few weeks. The church isn't closed. God's people aren't done. Worship is not stopping. We're just closing our building for the time being, wanting to make sure that this place doesn't continue to spread the virus any farther. And But that's a big change in our status quo, because we're used to. Goodness, it's decades upon decades, depending on how old we are, we're used to going to church on a Sunday morning. We're used to having that place to gather and meet, and it's a good thing. And I'm ready to get back to it again. Hopefully in a couple of weeks we will be. But just because the status quo changed doesn't mean our faithfulness changes doesn't mean our wisdom changes It just means we have to adapt which is what this whole format of preaching to this camera is just adapting but holding on to our faithfulness and holding on to the wisdom which we learn from God and what else was threatened is capabilities the wise man in the king's court, Daniel himself, his three friends, suddenly were called on to do something that was beyond their ability to handle. I can't do that. What you're asking is too much. What you're demanding of me, I can't handle. My brain works this way. My life runs this way. My interactions, you know, things I depend on, my job. My family, this is how we work, and you're asking this? This is how church works, and you're asking this? I don't know if I can handle it, because, man, sometimes I wonder, can I do this? Can I effectively preach to a camera? I certainly don't feel like it all the time, especially staring into the camera right now. So much better to look eye to eye. So I ask myself, can I even do it? Can I come close to succeeding? And <laughs> that little detractor on my shoulder saying, no, you can't. And I know many of you have felt the same way with maybe your jobs, your circumstances, your families, and just the entire upheaval of feeling out of place. And it is attack on our capabilities just like Daniel's capabilities because here's the thing whenever the news is brought to Daniel Daniel agrees with the other wise men the king then asked Daniel whose name was also Belteshazzar are you able to make known to me the dream that I saw as well as its interpretation Daniel replied to the king the mystery that the king is asking about is such that no wise man astrologers magicians or diviners can possibly disclose it to the king. Daniel sees the end of his capability. He sees the end of the capability of the other wise men, and he sees the end of his capability. I can't do it, king. In verse 30 he says, I don't possess more wisdom than any other living person. Daniel said, no mortal man can do what you're asking, and I can't do it either. He realizes the end of his ability and capability to accomplish something and says, I can't do it. But here's the wisdom of Daniel. He says, I know who can. I can't do what you're asking, King. I can't tell you the dream you dreamed the other night. Nobody can. But I know who sent you that dream. I know who knows all the dreams of all men. I'll ask Him. See, the response to these threats that we face is prayer. Turning to the One who can guide us through. Being faithful and being wise are actually two sides of the same coin. They're not two separate things. Well, I'm going to be faithful and then I'm going to be wise. I have to be devout and I have to be smart. Really, biblical wisdom is not about being smart. And Faithfulness isn't necessarily about being devout because devout is continuing on with you know, your structures and your ways of worship that you've always carried on with and sometimes that gets upended. But faithfulness is not to a structure. Faithfulness is to a person. Particularly, the personhood, the tri-personhood of God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Trinity. That that is where our faithfulness lies, and not that God is just a man, not by any means, He is God. But He is alive. He has a personality. He is a living entity that seeks a relationship with us, and that is where our faithfulness is to. Above whatever structures or things we're used to, and our wisdom simply lies in the fact that we are being faithful. That I know what to hold on to, and that if I have to let go of some things, I may not like it. It might not be best. It might make things so much more difficult. But I'm not going to let go of my connection my God of my connection to my father because it's in him that I find the ability to go past my limitations it's in him that I find the ability to know that my well-being is secure not necessarily my physical health here in this world many Christians many followers of Christ have died for any vast number of reasons death is a part of life We, of course, believe in the well-being of our eternal life. And that one is secure in Christ. This one, we're doing the best we can, this life now. But this life now is actually the beginning of our life to come. And we live this life now in the shadow of the life to come, thereby living a wise life, dependent upon God. And all of it comes back to prayer. So saying, I don't know how to get through this. I know somebody who does. And I'll just keep turning to him. And it can get hard. It can feel like the world is crashing down on me, on us. I'll keep turning to my God. He's seen us through before. He saw Daniel and his three friends through. Daniel gets the interpretation of the dream. He gets the dream itself. So he's able to go before the king after he prays to God. And after he gets his three friends to pray to God. That's the thing, prayer is communal. Whenever Daniel heard about what the king had demanded, he said, I'm going to pray, and he turned to his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you pray too. God will reveal it, because God can. I can't, but God can. Let's turn to him in prayer. PRAY FOR ONE ANOTHER. WHEN YOU CALL SOMEBODY UP THIS WEEK, THOSE THREE PEOPLE I MENTIONED, WHEN YOU CALL THEM UP, SAY, HOW CAN I PRAY FOR YOU? LET'S PRAY TOGETHER NOW OVER THE PHONE. NOT THE IDEAL SITUATION, BUT THAT'S ALL RIGHT. DOESN'T HAVE TO BE IDEAL. WE'LL START TURNING TO THE ONE WHO GIVES US LIFE, TURNING TO THE ONE WHO MAKES US WISE, TURNING TO THE ONE WHO MAKES US SECURE AND GOES BEYOND OUR OWN LIMITATIONS. Prayed for each other, with each other. Let's notice what Daniel did not do. He prayed. He didn't panic. I see the other wise men and astrologers and diviners and the king of Babylon packing up in a hurry. Because what the king demands no one can do. Uh, Maybe they're getting their affairs in order. Maybe they're just in the corner cowering sobbing uncontrollably because what can you do being controlled by panic we've made the decision the elders have made the decision to suspend services i can say it wasn't out of a spirit of panic it was out of a spirit of responsibility what's the best and most appropriate thing to do right now life is going to continue on our church is going to continue on so let's handle what comes our way prayerfully, not out of panic. And also, not passive. Not, oh well, can't do anything. What happens, happens. Some of those wise men in the King Babylon might seen an executioner coming. Well, I guess it's my day to die. I mean, knowing that it's not all about this life, is a healthy attitude. But also knowing we've got responsibilities here. We've got responsibilities to each other here. And we're not just going to passively say what happens happens. No, we're going to do what we can. Take, in this instance of the virus, the precautions that we need to take. We're going to make the best decisions we know to make. So we're not going to be controlled by panic, but nor are we just going to be reserved to passivity. No, what I see in Daniel, what I think we need as we are living in an upside-down place, exiled, living out of place. Prayerful poise. I like the word poise. It's kind of a weird word to look at, but I, I do like it. It's a, an idea that there's something there There's an atmosphere that isn't just visible to the naked eye, but it's a calmness, it's an undeterred mindset, a personality that isn't just shaken, isn't tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but holds on to what is right and what is good and has to face the struggles head on but doesn't let them shake them. The kid's song for this month is the wise man built his house upon the rock. If we rely on the wisdom of God and are faithful to him, we stand on solid ground, we have poise. And our poise comes from the fact that we aren't just standing on our feet, we're down on our knees. We're in prayer before God, knowing that we have our limitations. He does not and we will depend on him to see us through I want to encourage you one more time three people pray for them call them up pray with them encourage them reach out to them and while we can't be sitting in pews together we can still be connecting building up the body of Christ as we're called to do Same job, different circumstance. And maybe we feel unable, well guess what? Just rely on God for the help we need. To do what isn't in our comfort zone, but we know it needs to be done. Turning to him saying, God help me, help us. We can't get through this without prayer. I see that more every day. And unfortunately, I fail at being prayerful enough, having that prayerful poise to my life. But I'm seeing more and more need for it. And so to close this lesson, let's pray together. As awkward as this is, uh, not be awkward, but we're doing what we can. And we need God. We need His help, His guidance, His deliverance let's pray together dear father we come before you as a church that um, we have our struggles and father many of our number are have contracted this virus that can have severe health implications father I pray that they don't my prayer is that uh, those of our number who have gotten this sickness can overcome it quickly and that Father we can stop the spread in the tracks in its tracks, and not be a place where it causes further people to get sick and pray just Father that uh, we have the wisdom that no one needs to be done and the courage to do it and I thank you Father again for uh, the shepherds here and there and that they have that same desire to tell what needs to be done and to have the courage to do it Father, bless especially those who are sick in this church, in these walls, and beyond. Those beyond our church. Be you, Father, with this nation, with this world, there are big things going on that are throwing us in a loop. Father, make us wise. Make us faithful. Help us. Remind us, Father, that you are the only one who can get us through. Help us to be people who pray. It's in Christ's name that I do pray this prayer. Amen. Well, in an effort to maintain some semblance of normalcy, I guess, let's remind ourselves who we are. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is risen. Jesus is coming. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.